0: Today, we're watching Star Trek, The Next Generation. The Enterprise is experiencing new and strange system failures. One crewman may hold the answer, but he's too busy feeding his holodeck addiction.
1: From April 25th, 1990, it's Season 3, Episode 21, Hollow Pursuits, or Social Anxiety in Space."
0: I'm Cam, that's Dan, and this episode was really, really stressful. I mean, passable and actually surprisingly forward thinking for the 90s, but stressful nonetheless.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: (laughs) My favorite way to put it is, (laughs) yes,
1: I think that there's a, a good lesson to be learned about life on the ship and management styles and, you know, what is management if not dealing with different personality types? Especially when you have a small crew like engineering because apparently it only takes four people to make that ship go.
0: <laughs> Those are the officers, day. That was
1: my takeaway. I was like, God damn, this is a skeleton crew. <laughs> they couldn't pay like 10 other people to just wear yellow suits and stand in the background? <laughs> Nothing? <All right. laughs>
0: Those were the officers, Daniel. They all have individual departments within. There
1: was no one else around, though, ever. And Eng- they're having all kinds of problems, and engineering is deserted. I would be concerned. We simply probably- can't let you dismiss him, Jordi. You have dismissed most of your crew. <laughs> I'm beginning to suspect that the problem might be you. <laughs> You're down to four guys. I'm sending Wesley there for an internship just, just so that you have another set of hands.
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, apparently they didn't have much of an atmosphere budget on this this particular one. Probably because of all the holodecks. No, they blew
1: it all on the period costumes.
0: They did. They did indeed.
1: One less musketeer and we could have had some extras. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> So funny, <laughs> and like couldn't have picked a better cast for the Three Musketeers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, now that we've divulged, you should probably read the things so they know what we're talking about.
0: I should and shall. On Star at four three eight zero seven point four, the Enterprise is transporting Mikulak biological tissue samples intended for use in combating an epidemic on Nyma four. The transport sample are. D- Samples are very delicate, and when they find one sample container is leaking, they are forced to destroy it to prevent contamination. LaForge tells Riker that he is concerned about one of his engineers, Reginald Barclay, uh, who has been underperforming and notes that he is late to everything. What LaForge does not realize is that Barclay has been in the holodeck, acting in a simulation of other Enterprise crew members, avoiding contact with their real counterparts because he has social anxiety crippling social anxiety laforge requests that Barclay be transferred from the enterprise but picard recommends that laforge take Barclay on as a pet project and prove that he can actually do his job as chief engineer laforge works at supporting Barclay as their team works to investigate the failure of unconnected systems around the ship picard invites Barclay to a bridge meeting to review the investigation but slips up and accidentally calls him "Broccoli," a nickname given to him by Wesley Crusher due to Barclay's tendency to veg out. Barclay later returns to the holodeck to seek refuge in the stimulated versions of the bridge. In talking to LaForge, Guinan suggests that Barclay is simply imaginative and that LaForge keep a more open mind toward him. On her advice, LaForge visits Barclay in the holodeck and discovers the exaggerated simulation of the bridge crew. Barclay confesses his anxieties. And in a typical nineties fashion, LaForge brushes it off brushes it off as him being shy. But in an atypical nineties fashion, suggests that Barclay gets counseling. <laughs> hey Uh, Barclay's Troy on the Holodeck is a goddess of love and displays clear signs of sexual attraction towards him. Barclay attempts to undergo a real counseling session, but freaks out when Counselor Troy's relaxation techniques mirror some of her behaviors on the holodeck. I guess good programming? Yeah. When Barclay cannot be located to attend a briefing with Riker, Riker storms into the holodeck with LaForge and Troy to try and locate him. They find comical versions of the senior staff three Musketeers versions of Picard, Data, and LaForge, a slothful idiot version of Wesley, and an extremely short D'Artagnan version of Riker. <laughs> Who also speaks a fifth higher for some reason. Riker attempts to stop the program angrily, but Troy stops him, saying it might traumatize Barkley, and exploring this world could help them understand him better. However, when they come across the goddess of love version of her, it's her that wants to immediately stop the program, and Riker stops her back. Cause comedy. They locate Barkley, sleeping in the lap of a fantasy doctor crusher. Yeah. Somebody's got some mommy issues. It's fine. Suddenly, the Enterprise mysteriously accelerates warp speeds, and Riker and the Forge and Barclay go to engineering to discover that there's nobody there! I'm kidding. That the matter-antimatter injectors have jammed. The ship will continue to accelerate until its structural integrity collapses, unless the injectors are cleared. The team is unable to come up with an immediate solution that will work in the limited time they have, but Barkley realizes all of the failures have been connected by a human element. Members of LaForge's team have been present at each incident, so he surmises that somehow they became a carrier of an undetectable contaminant. Using a process of elimination, they reduced the possible contaminants from 15,525 to two. Yay, computers, the contamination. (laughs) That has been interfering with the systems is quickly discovered to be invidium, which is used as part of mcculloch Right? Mikulak. Yeah. Mikulak. Mikulak samples. They are able to quickly repair the injectors, stop a ship, and set course for a nearby starbase to remove the rest of the invidium contamination. LaForge commends Barkley for his contribution in saving the ship. Barkley returns one more time to the holodeck and addresses the simulated bridge crew, believing it is best that he leave them and deletes all of his holodeck programs but one. Program number nine. And so ends Hollow Pursuits. One of our first pun titles, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
1: Besides the Q ones. Speaking of puns, but I'm pretty sure this is only retroactively a pun. <laughs> um, this, is, this is a timey-wimey pun. I'd have to look up to see when the company NVIDIA was founded, the inventors of the GPU, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure this probably came first. I can't imagine they've been around for 30 years.
0: Probably not. Yeah. And it's legitimately 30 years. So, Dan... I would love to hear, since this is your first introduction to Reginald Barkley, what you loved about this episode.
1: You make it sound like he's going to be coming back. Is he?
0: He is absolutely coming back.
1: No, no, no. But the way you make it sound like he's coming back, I'm a little worried he might be. Cameron, is he our Harry Mudd?
0: <laughs> uh, he comes back more than Harry Mud, actually. Oh, okay. And he does sort of conquer his anxiety as we go. So that's All a journey right. that you can look forward to.
1: Oh, I love it
0: when people get better. I know. I'm like quitters. <laughs> <laughs> gives me hope for myself. Okay, gives me hope for myself. So <laughs> World's better with you in it. The world's better with you. In it.
1: I <laughs> loved seeing someone who's not a regular crewman, like a, a a regular cast member, I should say, of the show, but just a a a yeomany, you know, basic level crewman.
0: <laughs> basic level crewman. Like, you know, a a Rand, if you will. Um He's the he's the pumpkin spice of the crew. Yeah, go on. Totally basic.
1: And also adored by you, much like Pumpkin Spice. So there you go.
0: Mm-hmm. You're goddamn right. I found it a great catalyst
1: for an episode and to dovetail it with him being integral to solving a problem. You know, we have an interesting problem on the ship. And we're going to let that play out as a B storyline and have it dovetail nicely with our A storyline of this, uh, you know, holodeck perv. who <laughs> I would have anxiety, uh. too, if I was, you know, I know people like this. I'm trying to be empathetic because it, it reminds me of people who are more comfortable in, you know, online gaming settings versus real life. This is a real phenomenon. This is like, this it is, is like, I have a lot of empathy for people who have trouble in interpersonal relationships. I do better when there's a performative aspect. So, he was talking about in this how if there's a party that he's going to go to, he'll write down remarks that he's going to say beforehand, which was just devastating because Ugh. what's a party without, you know, just off the cuff humor to a group of people you're holding hostage? In order to prove that you matter. Um I
0: mean I mean, that's New York City in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> exactly. To to quote the late great Captain Kirk, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I found I found it a great setup. Well acted.
0: Absolutely. What was his name? Dwight, Dwight Schultz Dwight Schultz. Yeah. Yep. He's remarkable, actually. He's,
1: I... he's a stellar voiceover actor. I knew I recognized his voice. He's done a shit ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a great job. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the fantasy elements of it. Of like, oh, we're gonna do a swashbuckling adventure a little bit, and like, I ah, I would too if I had the holodeck. I'd be like, you can keep your Dungeons and Dragons. I'm gonna go do whatever I want. I find it a little. I find his choice as to how he uses the people of the Enterprise in his fantasies a little suspect and a little too network television. I'm like, I Oh yeah. If you oh, if yeah. you had issues with your boss, I don't think you would imagine scenarios where they think you're cool and you beat them at sword fighting. No, no, no. I have imagined doing things to bosses before, and that is yeah. so far removed from what is
0: yeah. Um it was a- It's similar it's similar to the first one, but much more graphic.
1: Yeah, a lot more graphic.
0: Yep. Yep. I, of course, loved that
1: Guinan was in this episode and provided Jordy with insight
0: how he- changes. And looking glorious in gold. Of
1: course. She's, <laughs> she's an EGOT winner. She is made of gold, Cameron. <laughs> I, I will get CBS All Access just to watch her in the stand next year. And I did not like that book. The ending is garbage. And I love Stevie King, but the ending, the last third of that book, was just terrible. Anyways, um, Whoopi's amazing. Anytime she's on screen, I'm happy. Same. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that Deanna had something to
0: do, even though most of it was being his fantasies. (laughs) Yep. But, but it was interesting. I mean Marina Sirtis was incredibly compelling in all in all circumstances.
1: And she got to basically do a, a Mary Poppins reference by telling herself off. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's true. Muzzle it.
0: <laughs> Cheeky.
1: <laughs> Cameron, what did you enjoy about this episode?
0: I enjoyed the performances above all. I thought that they were fantastic and I loved I loved the devices. I love the A and B plot combination. And it was actually stressful. I was very stressed out by this entire episode. <laughs> just spit it out. Just say what you wrote in the report.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I'm dying. I'm dying watching you die up there. <laughs> that's why know. I don't go to comedy clubs. I don't want to watch someone bomb.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's, it's my worst nightmare. And I just, I guess my deepest anxieties is that that's actually who I am. And like... <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm faking it well enough. But someday someone's gonna gonna realize that I'm.
1: Oh, you're much late. more eloquent than this guy.
0: Well, but like, am I? Anyway, this is not about my insecurities. This is about how it made me feel and <laughs> triggered all of my insecurities, which apparently was insecure. <laughs> I just, <clears throat> I'm an empath, Dan, and so I feel things deeply. I, I want people. you to just fuck right off with your empath <laughs> bullshit. Uh, the the
1: whole empath conversation is like is is a, an attempt. I that is one thing that drives me up a
0: fucking wall. Is I know, people... which is why I brought it up. <laughs>
1: I'm an empath.
0: It's one of your triggers.
1: Everyone who is not a sociopath is em- empathic. You were correct. Everyone's empathic. Okay, we all we all learn how to pick up on emotions. No, but like. I carry it much more deeply, so I can't be around toxic people. It's just like a—it's a feelings contest. I'm best at feelings. Shut the fuck up. Nobody wants to hear it, Samantha. I don't. I. It doesn't make you special, or that the death of a celebrity somehow hits you more because you're an empath. Go. to hell i'm having a really hard time with the covid lockdown because i'm an empath because i'm an empath everyone is because we have a pulse i just
0: all right well now everyone that you've gotten to see both of our triggers um (laughs) let's uh let's move on i'm sorry that was that was cruel of me to bring that up when i was great i haven't had any
1: recreational outrage since easter (laughs)
0: Uh, i'm glad about that actually that's fantastic news um i also loved i really loved the holodeck costumes and the set and it was nice to see camaraderie and i mean it was nice to see wesley as not not the shit on for once i'm not gonna lie it was nice to see him be one of the cool guys
1: (laughs) as cool as you can be in engineering let's be real
0: (laughs) i mean you're not wrong but yeah, it was really fun to see Brent Spiner not acting like Data, but in the Data makeup. I always loved that. Yeah, it was just nice to see something different from our leads. Mm-hmm. I bet this was the most fun to film.
1: Oh, I'm sure it was an absolute blast, especially for peace do. And I fucking love Short Riker. <laughs> Short Riker is a really good bit. That was-
0: Who talks up here for some reason? That was exceptional. Am I late, guys? <laughs> short riker. Oh man. You're you're very tall. It can be intimidating for some people, right? Oh man. Ah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't all short rikers, was it, Dan?
1: No, no it was not. For every short riker, we had
0: a whole bunch of yeesh.
1: Deanna, the sex goddess? I don't know yes. what the fuck yes. that was. I, uh, it's... it's... like a weird mommy complex, too,
0: or it's like... It is a weird mommy complex.
1: Tell me all of your problems. That he, like, falls asleep on Beverly, and, like, his fantasy is getting a shoulder rub. I'm sorry. If your fantasy doesn't involve multiple people and multiple implements, you vanilla. Um... <laughs> I found the idea intriguing, but again, if I'm imagining a holodeck simulation to blow off steam because my boss has been riding me too much, uh, this is your episode. So you're going to have to put in some sound effects. My former boss would be tied to a post and I would be beating him with a cat of nine tails. I would be lighting him on fire again. Former boss, not my current boss. I have a very different holodeck fantasy about Jason.
0: (laughs) Ooh, I mean, me too. That majestic chested bastard. (laughs) This episode brings up some fascinating moral quandaries. Like, you know, I mean, you've brought up a very valid point. We all do have elaborate fantasies that we use to get through the day. But, like, if you are constructing people that you can actually interact with, is that a line? <laughs> Should it be a line? I think it's a line, but I mean, ho- I think
1: holodeck sentience is the bigger issue that I would I would draw on the line. The, to me, this is a little bit like like political cartooning or um, you know being portrayed on SNL, that sort of thing. Yeah, maybe insulting or degrading or shitty, but. You know, I, I, it's, it's a weird gray area because it's we true. can't do this. We cannot replicate people like this. However, because you have the ability to change so much about them and obviously program their behavior, they don't have free will. They don't have sentience. They are, you know, they're computer programs. So I think the treatment of however you want to exercise your demons in the holodeck, sure. It's not like Westworld although a Westworld holodeck episode where the, the holodeck comes to life and takes over the ship and then the whole ship's being run by the holodeck and then, uh, and then it just quits making sense for a whole season would be really interesting.
0: <laughs> um, we already did get sort of
1: that. The season finale of Westworld this year just made me viscerally upset. where I was just like,
0: how? I haven't, what? I haven't seen it yet. Shh. Ah.
1: The end teaser makes me excited for a season four. Everything up until that point, I'm like, this is just, why? Um. Anyways, Holodeck Fantasies, fun to explore. This is way too vanilla in every capacity. It just, it made it feel less like he had social anxiety and like some real hangups. And just like he was in Arrested Development. Like, I'm gonna adventure. I want my mom. It's like, no, like have your... Or, like, the bar brawl at the beginning was still also very juvenile. Like, if we were going to do this today in, say, Discovery or something, go for it. Go dark. Go twisted. Like, have them holodeck an orgy. Holodeck an orgy with the crew members. That right there, people will tune in for. That's good television.
0: And it's accurate.
1: It's very (laughs) accurate. Like, if you were going to take all of your coworkers... For example, you can edit me again. When we were at no... If you were to take all your coworkers and holodeck them, there'd be several you'd murder. And there'd be several that you'd fuck. And there would be several that you would ask, I'm so sorry, can you tell me your name again? Because I never make it over to accounts receivable. (laughs) Like, he's he's Joe Schmo in engineering. Is there anything that really just chapped your ass in this episode?
0: I just I can't decide it strikes me as creepy but I can't articulate why. I thought his fantasies were vanilla and part of me, I mean this time it just struck me maybe he is actually that arrested. Maybe he is so completely withdrawn that this is actually what what he thought. I don't know. It's probably just because I've been talking to so many acting students about justifying their circumstances in their scripts. But I was like Maybe he is. Maybe he is this stunted. Maybe this is actually what he dreams. Maybe all he. Maybe that's the most he can envision himself with a woman is, or Riker for that matter, is falling gently asleep in their lap and getting a shoulder rub.
1: To dream a very mild and realistic dream. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for kink shaming the guy for being so vanilla, but still,
0: I, I, sometimes you need a back rub and to fall asleep in someone's lap. Yeah, And to sword fight.
1: I I think that this episode obviously did a really good job if we're talking about the moral quandary of it all. I agree. The ethics behind this. It's a good question to be raised. I will say that some of the fantasy scenes are a little dumb. Like the bar fight was just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was supposed to be. Also, calling him broccoli was like, broccoli is gross has been a trope since the 50s let it go you know what barclay sounds like broccoli i'm wesley i'm a child Bleah. like come on <laughs> although i did i hated the nickname but i loved the bit where picard said it accidentally that was pretty yeah funny. No, that
0: was great <laughs> yeah yeah the look of horror on patrick stewart's face is something i will never forget and always treasure
1: right I've definitely, you know, I've seen this episode of TV, but now you do it that the guy plays too much World of Warcraft or Dungeons and Dragons or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The other thing I didn't like, even though it was nice, is Picard telling Jordy to, like, be his best friend. I was like, practice what you preach, man. You keep this crew at arm's distance. (laughs) He does. You should be his best friend. That's what I read in this new management book. I'm trying it out. Will and I are going bowling later. If he beats me, he'll get to (laughs) moat it.
0: Or a spanking. I haven't decided.
1: (laughs) Well, I think we better quote this motherfucker. I think we'd better.
0: Pardon me, but why is Lieutenant Barclay being referred to clandestinely as a vegetable? Because he's brain dead, but I'm Tish. <laughs> Point. Good.
1: I look forward to your report, Mr. Broccoli. Barkley.
0: <laughs> Am I late? Did I miss the fight? On guard, you, sir. You have a familiar bearing. Is it possible our swords have crossed somewhere before?
1: <laughs> if you'd crossed my sword, you'd know it. That's not an actual quote, folks, but it does sound like what Riker would say in that situation.
0: It does. It does indeed.
1: I don't know if I've said it on the show before. If you're not following the Twitter account, Riker Googling, masterpiece. (laughs) Yesterday on May the 4th, their their tweet was, our Federation offices closed on Star Wars Day. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said- How uh, did you celebrate? Uh, I watched the last three episodes of the Clone Wars. I saved them for Star Wars Day. Amazing. And I cried at the end of that because it was amazing. Of course. and It's always amazing. Ahsoka's, Ahsoka's fabulous. And Clone Wars, the first two seasons are pretty hit or miss. But from season three on is spectacular television. And it had been off and on the air for 12 years. So it was a very satisfying, wonderful end with some with a great lightsaber duel and an incredible final episode that I just adored. And then I rewatched the beginning of Star Wars Rebels and we watched part of the first film. And then I was like, I cannot watch Star Wars until three in the morning. <laughs> I am not that unemployed. I'm unemployed, but I'm not that unemployed.
0: Fair enough. I made a Star Wars trifle. I saw. <laughs> A force trifle is what I call it.
1: Ah. All right, more quotes.
0: More quotes. Can't wait to hear your LaForge. There's a lot of it.
1: Glad you were with us out there in the real world today, Mr. Barclay. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you have no sense of fair play. <laughs> you want us to search through all of this to find him? It could provide us with valuable information about what's troubling him. You know, there's nothing wrong with a healthy fantasy life as long as you don't let it take over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you call this healthy?
1: You're taking it so seriously. This is not without its elements of humor. They come across a Troy looking like character. I am the goddess of empathy. Cast off your inhibitions and embrace love, truth, joy. Oh. My. God. <laughs> Discard your facades, and reveal your true being to me.
0: Computer, discontinue. Computer, delay that order. We want to get more insight into what's been troubling this poor man, remember? Quite a healthy fantasy life, wouldn't you say?
1: hmm
0: <laughs> Being afraid all the time of forgetting someone's name, not... Not knowing what to do with your hands. I mean, I... I am the guy who writes down things to remember to say when there's a party. And then when he finally gets there, he winds up alone, in the corner, trying to look comfortable examining a potted plant. You're just shy, Barclay. Just shy. Sounds like nothing serious, doesn't it? You can't know. You know, the people that I create in there are are more real to me than anyone I meet out here, except... Maybe you, Commander. Aw, it was a breakthrough. I need you out here, Reg.
1: Now, more than ever.
0: It's a breakthrough. Ugh. Ugh. Computer, end program. Erase all programs filed under Reginald Barkley. Except for Program 9. Which better come back. Oh, it's gonna. Your sword, sir.
1: I don't have a sword. How do you expect to fight without a sword, sir? I don't expect to fight. Ah! Do I detect a streak of yellow along the good fellow's back? <laughs> 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 Muzzle it. After O'Brien demonstrates that the transporter will, like, fuck you up, Geordi just goes, Glad I don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, Jesus, will it fuck you up? I really wish that that had been the opening, and that after he sa- said that, he took his visor off, and then it went. The worst Mm -hmm. CSI (laughs) Starfleet I know it's difficult for you Is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? No Have you ever been to a counselor before? Yes, no Which one? Yes But she It wasn't It wasn't really a counselor Most people find the counselor intimidating at first It's okay if you feel that way towards me. Not at all. Now, lean back and close your eyes. Why? I want to make you more comfortable. You do? Yes. It's okay. Close your eyes. What are you going to do? Just listen to the sound of my voice. Take a slow, deep breath in through your nose. Let it out through your mouth, just as slowly. That's better, isn't
0: it? <sighs> much better. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's, that's much better. That's, that is extremely helpful. Thank you for your time. But... Really, that's very helpful. In through the nose, out through the mouth. I'm going to practice that, and I'll let you know. Thank you again. Broccoli makes
1: me nervous, Captain.
0: It makes everybody nervous. Broccoli? Oh, sorry. God damn it. Okay. Well... Young Mr. Crusher started that. I guess it's caught on. Let's get that uncaught, shall we? Ugh, Daniel. Cameron. Daniel. 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 Cameron. 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 How many? <laughs> Holy shit! Look what the transporter just did. Pieces of metal. Would you give this episode? Eh, three point two five. It was good. I was gonna do three point five. So there we go. There we go. Um, yeah,
1: you know? It was fun. I'm I for once the holodeck, while still reckless at a good way to get everyone killed, uh, was <laughs> good for a moral quandary. It was, it was. And I'm excited to see
0: program nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I am honestly excited for Barkley to come back. Um
1: yeah. Oh, I should have named this after the Kanye album, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this always happens I know it feels like a bit but I always just you know I talk it out with you and I come up with better names for these <laughs> it feels like a bit because it is a bit but still
0: I mean it is a bit yeah it's it's a bit of it your podcasts are combining again well we have loved it hated it quoted it and rated it so that just leaves one last thing for us to do and that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week but to make it so and for Dan to say,
1: "Keep on trekking."
0: What are d- you talking about? The math book model, Dan. <laughs> the math book model.
1: He was a math book model.
0: Oh yeah, he was totally on. A, he was on my math book actually when I was in third grade. Hot. Yeah.
1: You're like, I had so many thoughts about you, math boy. (laughs) Helped me figure out triangles, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and he looks the same. This one is going to suck to edit, man. There's so much audio here.
0: Um, All of our bits.
1: All of our bits. A Secret Weapon Production.